0: Hey guys, thank you so much for joining. We're just uh, trying to put this thing really quick uh, as the news hit us unexpectedly. So just hang tight. I'm going to bring all the speakers and we're going to get started very soon. I see Tim just joined. Let me make him a speaker really quick. Tim, can you hear me? Tim, I think your mic is on mute. Hey, Max, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. What's going on, buddy?
1: What's going on, man? Big news.
0: I'm telling you, so unexpected and uh, I just got the no- a notification from Square, like um a investor relation. I was like, what's going on? Is some kind of uh, typo something? I I don't know. I was just caught off guard. And then I keep getting all these emails, notifications. I was like, oh, wow. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is.
1: Hey, and Max, I just want to uh, just let you know I'm at the pool right now, so I might have some uh, turbulence. So, just bear with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I see Matthew just joined as well.
2: What's up, Matthew? How's it going, guys? It's going pretty good. Boring Sunday afternoon, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, everything when it comes to Jack, there's nothing boring. (laughs) This guy is definitely, never ceases to amaze.
2: Yes, all right. Give Give me one second here. And I'm, I'm just trying to organize a little some coherent thoughts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for everyone who joined next so much, uh, if we can just share the link to Spaces, they will be greatly appreciated. So we can gather some crowd, and uh, let's get the party started. That should be interesting.
1: I understand will yeah, no uh, really ahead of
0: chance. yeah what's up
1: yeah I mean just for like it's I haven't really been able to see the, the the deal structure and whatnot but I mean I think I did a thread uh, a few weeks After paying how they're you know, trying to expand to the US from Australia and uh, users and uh, I think you know close to a million merchants I, I thought I saw um, they've been trying to expand
0: Tim, I hear. For some reason, you just disappeared. I can hear you. Hey, Mitt, can you hear Tim or no? Or is it just me?
2: Yeah, he was a little low. But, uh, yeah. Should we, uh, can you hear me now, guys? Yeah, that's yes, better. I can hear you now. All right, so, uh, should, should we kick this off? Like, what do, what do you want to talk about, Max? Do we go right to Pay or talk about the numbers first?
0: Uh, I mean, I personally did not have a chance to uh, go really deep. So if you guys had a chance to go glance over some of the numbers, uh, give us some highlights, we can do this and then just break down segment by segment. Uh... Yeah, sure. I'm sure you, uh, yeah, absolutely, go ahead.
2: No, uh, like, uh, Tim, if you want to jump in, just just say so, all right? But, um, like, look, uh, so, like, yeah, about, I guess, a half an hour ago, I got the email from Square that they released earnings. pretty surprised. Uh their gross profit is up 91% year over year, adjusted EBITDA over up 268% year over year, cash app profit up 94% year over year, seller gross profit up 85% year over year. And I mean we knew we knew the results were going to be good coming from last year, right? I mean, we I don't think some of these numbers or most of these numbers, I they might be a little better than expected, but I, I don't think it was it's too surprising to see that out of the depths of the COVID last year. Out of the depths of the pandemic, that they were they're sporting some big numbers here. Um, of course, like the big announcement, of course, is that they're planning to acquire Afterpay for $29 billion. Which just looking at it real quick on Morningstar, I'm not, I'm not super, super familiar with Afterpay, but it looks like a 40% premium uh to Afterpay's market cap now. It's gonna be an all-stock deal. And just uh reading from the press announcement, uh from Jack Dorsey, together we together we can better connect our cash app and seller ecosystems to deliver even more compelling products and services for merchants and consumers, putting the power back in their hand. If you're not familiar, uh, Afterpay was one of the first buy now, pay later, the BNPL companies. Um, so, you know, that could be a pretty powerful synergy for Square. Um you know, with its, uh, adding it to its cash app for the consumer side, adding it to the seller side. If you have Afterpay now as a checkout option for sellers, they can just add that as an automatic feature that I I can see that being very attractive for a lot of sellers, you know, especially like a lot of these people use Square, like they're uh, for Square services. Like it's the, uh, it's, it's like a plumber. It's a handyman. It's a carpenter, you know, people like that you're traveling, you know, you're traveling to different houses to do his work on a home. And it can be a big project. And when consumers check out, I can see buy now, pay later option being pretty attractive to a lot of customers. So I do see that. I do think the price is pretty expensive. And we can go into that um, specifically what PayPal was talking about when they built their buy now, pay later platform a year and a half, two years ago. I think that commentary is pretty telling now because PayPal was like, look, we can build this a lot cheaper than buying one of these companies and, um, and then just distribute it to our users. And
0: it's, I was actually just seeing a post that someone posted they were comparing the price of the acquisition for Afterpay versus how much PayPal spent to build this platform, which was like $50 million or something like this. The number was like uh, unbelievably low. And then they were comparing the volume for um, Afterpay and uh, the in-house PayPal pl- platform, and the difference was like four point five billion versus one point five billion.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, like, so it's it's. I think that's a big question here. It's it's interesting because PayPal. You're right. Like, and they talked about that. They said we looked at acquiring some of these companies, and we were just like. We're not going to do it. And that's a year and a half ago, you know, before a lot of these companies showed all their COVID growth. And then they're like, look, we already have the platform to distribute this feature through, right? We already have, you know, at the time it was 300 plus million. Now it's 400 million. We, we just add this to our app and it's a feature there now. And, and we already have the distribution method. We don't, we don't need to acquire, quote unquote, acquire these customers. And it it is curious, like, you know, you would think Square, I mean Cash App, I was looking through their letter right now. So right now they have 40 million users or 40 million, you know, uh, Cash App users in in June. You know, so that's automatically 40 million customers. You could distribute this. If you built this, you can just distribute it to them. And if you you already had the sellers, you can just distribute it to them. It's interesting that they decided buying Afterpay was worth it. i'm curious like to get more color on that
1: so you know i i think you know and again i haven't really looked at valuation but the valuation is completely in line with uh what they were playing on ipoing i think it was 28.7 billion um that they were they were planning on can you guys still hear me yeah we That's got you too yeah. much better right now so so what what i i think matt just hit on it i, I mean the, you know, Afterpay has been trying to penetrate the U.S. market. Uh, users currently on the platform that's transacting. And they've been trying to move to the U.S. And I think they just announced a partnership with some pretty big retailers uh, like Amazon, Nike, Nordstrom, CBS, Walgreens, a bunch of other players uh, to kind of compete with Affirm and others. And so what I.
0: Tim was just keep disappearing on my side, at least.
2: Yeah, I, I just lost him.
3: Yeah, here. Can you guys yeah. hear
2: me?
0: Yes, we can hear
1: it now. Sorry, guys, I'm up at the pool and I'm drinking margaritas, so this this kind of oh man,
0: I'm so jealous. Hit me hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have the
1: best service up here, um, but yeah, no, I, I think Matt was hitting on it uh, perfectly when he said, uh, you know, we have 40 million U.S. So what better way to penetrate the U.S. market than be able to access that, right? Um, And then that will give, you know, obviously Square the ability to, you know, kind of expand uh, further in Australia that they've been trying to do for years. So, you know, I haven't really looked at the numbers.
0: Uh, I think Tim is a listener right now, so I'm not sure what's going on. I'm going to invite him to speak again, but... uh, I remember actually, like, uh, trying to do some due diligence on Afterpay, like, I don't know, like, maybe six, nine months ago, and uh, listening to a lot of the interviews, and I think they were, like, the pioneer company behind this uh, buy now, pay later product in Australia, and they were just crushing it, so I was just like, okay, um, I would definitely like to have a piece of this company, even though it's not uh, publicly traded in US, but... Uh, I think my brokerage um, platform allowed me to purchase this. Um, I never bought it, but uh, it was definitely look very appealing to me.
2: You know what's interesting? Tim was right before we lost Tim. I think he was making an interesting point. I almost wonder if this is more has to do with their uh, with their geography play here and allowing Square to get into Australia because that's where Afterpay started. I mean, that's where Afterpay is started and, and headquartered. And, uh, you know, that's almost more interesting to me than adding maybe a buy now, pay later feature, which Square could have um, built. You would think they could have just built fairly easily. I mean, PayPal certainly seemed like they did. Uh, interesting thought. It's just a high price tag. I, I definitely get it from afterpay side. You get that in the U.S. market, you go out for a 40% premium. It makes a lot of sense on that side. If I was an afterpay shareholder, I think I'd, I'd be fairly happy about this.
1: Hey, Matt, you know, the, the 18 million uh, Australian users, I mean, I, I think that's mostly in Australia, right?
2: I, I think so. I'm not super familiar with afterpay is the problem, but I think so. I mean, that, they definitely have a huge presence there.
0: Thank you, Matt, for uh, jumping onto the call, and thank you, Max, for setting up this uh, space. Uh, quick question um, onto the uh, BNPL space: uh, Square, is there any reason Square require afterpay, the Australian company, and
3: not the uh,
0: US-based company like Affirm, uh, which is also in a BNPL space? Any thoughts on that one, Matt?
2: I I don't know uh, what, like, hold on one second here. So um, I I wish I was a little more familiar with Afterpay and Affirm. Uh, Affirm is a lower market cap. Uh, So you would think, again, if Square was just looking to add this capability, add this feature, one, why wouldn't they build it? And two, I mean, to your point, like Afterpay, I mean, Affirm is, is just eyeballing it from Morningstar figures. A firm looks $7 billion cheaper than Afterpay. So I do wonder, it is making me think like maybe Tim's on to something there, like maybe it's going after like the Australian market and being able to expand in that country fairly rapidly, especially if they're having a hard time there. I'll be really curious to get more color on this on the conference call tomorrow morning.
1: So I mean I think I can paint the picture there of why why instead of a firm they would go after afterpay and it's exactly what Matt Matt and I were talking about it's 18 million users in Australia and or Europe and not very much in the U.S. So a firm has a U.S. presence so I feel like you have you know close to 40 million MDAUs in the U.S. with Cash App or you know close to it so. You know, I think you're, they're getting the best of both worlds at that point.
3: Yeah, and no, I completely agree, actually, with both of your points. I'm quickly looking at afterpay. They are, they are now available in Europe, in Spain, France, and Italy. It's huge in Australia. So it's definitely a play to go global for for a Square instead of buying a firm, which is right now, I think, just a U.S. player, if I'm not mistaken. So it makes sense. It makes sense to me. Finally, a good it's a great acquisition, and maybe they're paying—they're paying a forty percent premium. But I think it's—it might be worth it.
1: Yeah, I—I I, I haven't really looked at the numbers, but you know that—that's exactly what they were going to IPO at. So, um, you know that that type of install base in Europe is going to help square just enormously, and then they have thirty-five million here in the U.S. that they can launch uh, after pay-to to, you know, almost double that. That uh, consumer base.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. I think, like, from the statement that Square made, Afterpay has sixteen million customers and one hundred thousand merchants globally, so it can certainly help them out.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, and I, I think I don't know if I cut out, but I think that's why they would have acquired them and not a U.S.-based uh, buy now, pay later, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure
1: so uh klarna the uh the swedish uh buy now pay later uh their last raise was you know close to 50 billion so if we want to put things in perspective um, you know that that's what they were valued at right so they they definitely have a better install base um but you know at the buy now pay later market overall is less i think it's less than three percent penetrated so I just see this as being such a, a great opportunity to kind of help close the, the seller and Cash App ecosystem, and then also fold into you know Square Banking that they're launching. They haven't announced for the consumer yet, but you know I think that that's coming, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. If I'm not mistaken, they've had conversations about like Square Savings, Square Chicken, uh, For I mean, like personal consumers, uh, not
1: for business. Exactly. And so what does this do, Max? This, this is going to ensure that there is direct deposit to Cash App, right? Because when you're in the buy now, pay later, I think you have to attach a checking account to it, correct?
0: Uh, I think
1: so. So at that point, you know, Square is all about increasing inflows, right? So, you know, that's why they got into the government disbursements. They've been doing a lot of other things to try to raise their, you know, their direct deposit limit you know, I think this is truly, uh, going to at least get inflows and then hopefully they'll be able to kind of get them in the ecosystem and, and be able to cross sell their products uh, as well. So again, I, I think it hits on, you know, all three of the the core pillars of the business. So, you know, with lending and, and their seller side and, and cash app, and again, you know, buying an international company like that, that allows them to be able to, you know, fold in Cash App and their seller base internationally and then be able to use their U.S. install base to kind of launch Afterpay here in the U.S.
2: I think that's a really good point about inflows. You know, uh, like I'm trying to just read through their letter real quick, which um, doesn't mention the acquisition, but like, uh, you know, real quick, it says inflows per monthly transacting active customer. This is for Cash App. Nearly doubled compared to two years ago, benefiting from recent increases in consumer spending. Growth in inflows has continued to be the primary driver of Cash App's gross profit growth. In the second quarter, gross profit per monthly transaction active customer was $55, up two and a half times from two years ago. And I mean, like, if you're, if you're, uh, like, I tweeted something real quick, but like, if you're a Square shareholder, like and you want to see Cash App succeed, it's all about the deposits and inflows. And you want them to be able to have, like, deposits and inflows from peer-to-peer transactions and and uh, transactions on Bitcoin or stocks and cash added from a debit card or bank account. And you want all these ways of money coming into the Cash App. And if Afterpay is another way to do that, then all the better. And, you know, we're ignoring the seller side, too. This is I think this is really big for the seller side especially for certain sellers who are in certain uh, like industries or services and things like that. Uh, this is a great way for Square to like make it a lot easier for those sellers to make a sale. And, and I think like that's the other side of this that, you know, we might not be talking about uh, is also the seller side.
1: I totally agree. With that. Yeah. Speaking totally of agreed. the
0: seller side, real uh, really quick, I'm going over some of the information and this is the Square they are moving up market is a mid market size for the merchants but uh when it comes to after pay they actually when it comes to seller size is for enterprise merchants generate a majority of gmv so maybe there's another reason why they decided to go with them
1: so so max you know i'll kind of touch on that and that's a, a great point as well I, um you know as square you know i think they presented at the jp morgan conference recently and and that's their biggest their biggest opportunity right now is kind of the mix shift from, you know, SMBs to, to mid to large uh, players. Um, and, and that's what they've been focusing on. So that could be a, a golden nugget that you just pointed out. Uh, that's going to help the seller biz um, greatly. And then again, it's, it's a, it's a virtuous cycle, right? So they're, they're buying from the sellers. If they're using buy now, pay later, they're going to have to increase their inflows. Um, they're going to be able to cross sell, kind of get them in the ecosystem, expand internationally. And I just think it's a, it's a great, great opportunity.
0: Yeah, and it seems like there's another similarity that I see between Square and Shopify. Yeah, because Shopify initially decided to target a small and medium-sized businesses. And then a couple of years ago, they introduced this uh, Shopify Plus, which was uh, specifically designed for these uh, large enterprise businesses. And maybe Square is have the same uh, plan in mind, and this acquisition is going to help them to... Uh, attract these huge, uh, large merchants.
2: Yeah, it says that yes. in the press, uh, the press release. It says, Afterpay's global merchant base will accelerate Square's growth with large sellers and expansion into new geographies, which is the other thing we were talking about, while helping yep. to drive further acquisition of new Square sellers. Um, Yeah, just that's interesting. Like, geography thing and the seller side, it, it's almost two ways to, like, it, the obvious one is Cash App, right? But I, I, I'm beginning to wonder if, like the geography and the, and the seller base, is the bigger reason for for this acquisition.
1: Yeah, yeah this is just so, like a
0: first react. Go ahead, Tim.
1: Well, um, again, I, I don't know if I cut out, but they just they recently partnered with Amazon, Nike, Nordstrom, Sephora, CVS, Walgreens, a bunch of other uh, U.S. merchants uh, recently. So think about the indirect. Relationships with some of these sellers, the third-party sellers on these platforms, right? Especially Amazon, um, that might not be very big. But in kind of going through, I, I did a thread that I just posted uh, on here. So Afterpay, I think the move to the U.S. is going to get them seven percent uh, of a tra- transaction versus four percent that they had previously just in Australia, just by partnering with those sellers. So, I mean, it it seems like they're making the right moves. And this is just, again, a a launch point for them here in the U.S. I think they're moving their headquarters into San Francisco. Um, They're really focusing on the market. So, again, I just I'm loving it without looking at the numbers. I'm telling you. Yeah, I
0: definitely see a lot of uh, sense right now. Once we, uh, once we're going deeper and trying to analyze uh, some potential moves and opportunities with Square, it definitely makes more and more sense to me.
2: So I'll just, I don't know yet. I, I want to just keep an open mind, but like to give the other side, um, and, and try to see like the downside of it. You know, it, it the other what, the other way they could have approached this is to just build it themselves, which you figure they had to have been able to do and offer it. They already offered like square installment loans for the sellers. I wonder if that wasn't going so well now that they fired them, but like, let's say they just build that out and you just slowly make your way into Australia and Europe. um, You know, it's a lot slower, but you're not delivering your shareholders by $29 billion either. It's an interesting just an interesting thought experiment is think about like if that way while a slower growth but without that 30 billion dollar dilution like if that way would have ultimately been better but it's just it the price tag is what i'm wondering about i don't i don't wonder if there's obvious synergy here i am feeling better about it actually as we talk but i i still i still wonder about that you know that that, that price tag like for so Real quick, like payment companies, a lot of payment processes, Pfizer, uh, WorldPay, they were just acquired by uh, FIS, uh, Global Payments Network, that, that's SGPN. They became these huge giants in the industry through acquisitions. But their technology, because they've just cobbled together all these systems, is much further behind like a, a Stripe or Adyen who have just built their system organically and they're much it's much harder for them to add features and pivot because they have all these like systems just cobbled together and i just wonder if square starts going this way it just one acquisition a big one but you just wonder if 10 years down the road they're going to be in that same situation i'm just thinking out loud here i'm trying to digest this like everyone else
1: yeah, no, I, I, think, uh, I think Max and I were talking about this a while ago and, and why I didn't really want to get in the, the buy now, pay later space. Um, you know, a lot of them have similar technology. Um, I think Square is probably really focused not so much on the technology, but the penetration, um, the user base that they have. Um, and their, their growth has been phenomenal. Um, but I agree with you. I, I think, you know, trying to build this out, I don't think would be very difficult. And I think they could probably scale that out in the U.S. But again, the international is going to be uh, tough to penetrate. It's going to take some time. Um, you, you see how slow they've been on, on the international front. So, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that that's kind of why they made the decision. But, you know, I guess some more cons. And I'm, I'm just looking at, you know, the data from the thread that I posted a while back. Um, it looked like as, as of March 31st, 2021, they actually had pretty decent penetration in North America. So I think they had 9.3 million active users in North America. They had 3.5 million in Australia. They had 1.8 million in the UK. And then on the merchant side, they had close to 23,000 in North America, 60,000 in Australia, 5,000 in the U.K. Um, So the U.K. looks like it's been growing rapidly. So I think, you know, on the merchant side, it grew close to 700 percent. I mean, it's a small, small number, but sales were were pretty remarkable, grew 134 percent. So that the UK square still hasn't penetrated as you know as well as they, they could have um, they have some services but they're getting dominated by PayPal there. Um, sales is, is roughly the same so North America 2.6 billion uh, for q3 2021 uh, that's to- uh, yeah North America 2.6 Australia 2.1 billion UK half a billion. Um, again, grew 123%. I think the underlying sales was 104% that Square reported. So, I mean, it's impressive numbers, uh, when you look at it, right. Again, you know, it's a, it's a high price, but I just, I, I love the potential.
0: You know, while we speak speaking this, I'm just uh, going over the most re- recent earnings report for Afterpay and uh, came across this pretty interesting uh, uh, data point. Afterpay net transaction margin has been sustained at over 3% in the first half of 2021 despite increasing contribution from newer regions which now account for more than 50% of Afterpay's underlying sales. And North America is now the largest contributor to Afterpay underlying sales. That's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I was I was kind of shocked. I just looked at my my post from a while back, and I did see that they they did pretty well in North America. I'm, I'm wondering where that's concentrated.
0: Yeah, I did not see that. Uh, it's uh, pretty amazing to me. And I'm I'm looking at their active uh, customers right now, and looks like. Uh, north america is 8.1 uh i'm not sure if it's in millions it's got to be in million yeah it's in in millions so they have a total of 13 million and from this 3 million 8.1 is located in north america 1.6 in uk and 3.4 is
1: in australia in new zealand yeah well i mean consolidation it was inevitable right matt and and max and couch i mean the buy now pay later market you'd think you know amazon apple facebook you'd think that those big dogs were gonna you know buy them uh probably you know pretty quickly right so when we talk about premium i mean i wonder how much competition square had there um and again i think they were gonna ipo initially and and that could have just been you know leveraged to be able to you know close the deal with square but I mean, it came in, you know, slightly higher by a couple million. Um, what What's super, super interesting just overall, and I'm trying to process it, and I think Max and I had some discussions about this like a year ago, is the buy now, pay later space, When when you have a lending arm like, you know square does now that again is just for merchants, but you know, it's going to be eventually for consumers as well. I mean, what other, like, I guess, you know, what other services could they kind of launch off that? You know what I mean? So if you, you have all these customers that are, you know, using buy now, pay later um, for their transactions, I wonder like what, what that does to square lending from a consumer perspective.
2: Yeah, I, I think from a consumer perspective, Square Lending was not uh, a big deal. Now their Square Loans, which used to be Square Capital, uh, which still confuses me, but their Square Loans, uh, like on the seller side, I think that was a really big business. In fact, I know they were they were talking about that just now in the letter. But like, uh, um, it, it, like the Square Loans, it said it achieved strong growth profit growth during the second quarter facilitated approximately 105,000 loans totaling $780 million in originations. I mean, that's a huge business for them. Right. And I know that's been yeah. on the consumer side. I think it just, it's one step closer to being that all in one financial app, which we just seen yep. them continue to add uh, capabilities and services and features for years. Right. I mean, started as a simple peer to peer and then they added like uh uh, stock buying crypto buying um you, you know uh, direct deposit uh payments into it and you know they started uh, debit card credit card you know all these yeah. things on top of it and this is like the latest one it's a high yeah. price to pay for that latest one but you are definitely one step closer like i said to just hey we offer everything in this one intuitive simple to use app and You got it. The full thesis has got to have somewhat in it like that cash app is going to that's what it's working towards, and a lot of people are going to use it for that in the future.
0: So, you know, I'm not very familiar when it comes to a square uh loans. Is it a similar concept to Shopify Capital? Yeah, yeah, so yes,
1: yeah. So, uh, Matt, I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, in their earnings, they have normally a disclosure of of government disbursement loans versus um, actual loans. So I think that number might have included the government ones that they're not going to be really getting any rate on. uh, Yeah, so it's
2: right here, actually. Like uh, PPP loans totaled $151 million across more than 15,000 loans. But total, they had $778 million in originations and 105,000 loans. Um, so, yeah, PVP loans uh, look like part of that. But, like, uh, the great square loans for businesses, like, that's been a really big part. Uh, it used to be called Square Capital. And, yes, I actually think Square Capital came out before Shopify Capital. I might be yeah. wrong on that. But I think Shopify Capital is actually copying Square in that instance. But, like, uh, it, it was a huge growth driver for them. It was another way, you know, it, it, what's, what's, what was genius about it is, like, you know, you're a business owner and uh, Square sees the money you're taking in. And they're like, hey, you want to want it? just pops up right on their dashboard. Like yep. and, and they can just click a bucket and get $15,000 in cash, which they can go, go buy a new pizza oven for their restaurant or, or whatever, you know. But, like, yep. uh. It was a really underserved part of the market for these smaller merchants. It's hard for them to go to banks and get those kinds of loans, and it was a huge growth driver with the smaller sellers for them.
0: Yeah, and I do you I, have any specific numbers for a Square Capital or no? Like a Square a, a loans. I'm just curious, how much they funded? Um, I, I think well, you compared to was, Shopify Capital.
2: Yeah, this last quarter, 105,000 loans totaling 778 million dollars in originations.
0: Okay, so this is just for this quarter, this quarter alone. Yep. okay, because I, I, I remember going over uh, Shopify uh, earnings and if I'm not mistaken, the number was like 3.2 billion, but that was for the entire life of Shopify Capital, Capital Department only. Like this, not that's for this just quarter. for this
2: quarter, for Square. Um, it, it, Square Capital, uh, like when I first started writing about Square, that was like one of the things I was writing about all the time. It was a huge growth driver for them uh, a few years ago, getting small businesses on their platform.
1: And, and guys, I mean, it's, it's going to consumer next. I mean, you just, it's easy to see. Right. So, um, and it's called square banking. They they relaunched it. It was called square capital. I think that's the actual enterprise name of it, but it, I think they just relaunched recently to kind of market it a little bit better um, to uh, square banking. Um, so the consumers next, I think this after pay transaction helps, them get to that point to be able to target i guess the consumers a little bit better uh, of understanding who needs buy now pay later right so again i just see this as kind of like an iterated deal um to kind of you know be able to exploit that side it's it's coming and it's coming soon it's just a matter of flipping on the switch
4: yes yeah especially because twitter is also planning to launch some sort of shopping in the twitter app so i'd see there is a very good um, cohesion between the two. And the other point I'd quickly like to make is that Apple has recently entered into this kind of space, so I think maybe it's also kind of looking at the competition to develop in-house might take too long as opposed to um, buying Afterpay. That's the only other reason why I could think because, yeah, they could have just done this in-house and grown um, internationally organically. I don't really see how after pay, gain so much access to Australia when they could do this um, themselves. Well,
1: hey, Noah, I think you made a, a great point. Um, when you have the amount of cash that Apple, Facebook, Google, all the fangs have, Microsoft, it, it was an Amazon, obviously, it's inevitable. They were going to create it. Apple just announced that they're partnering with Golden, Goldman Sachs. And I assume that's an iterative step to get it to be a fully vertical in-house solution. Um, But they're, I mean, they've, they've chosen the partnership route Apple recently. So again, I think that, you know, eventually it's going to, it would have gotten bid up regardless. Right. Um, So again, you know, going back to premium, I'm okay with it Uh, again, without really looking into the numbers. Um, And you made an interesting point, Noah uh, and nobody, Nobody, um, I get a bunch of shit and excuse my language, but you know, when, when you start talking about Twitter and square, that relationship, you know, Twitter is, is the Trojan horse for squares, international expansion. And I don't care what anybody says it's going to happen, whether indirectly or with a merger eventually, and you can mark, mark my words and on the shop side, I'm interested to see if square, uh, payments, is going to integrate and kind of you know power a lot of these these merchants on on Twitter, so both are strong strong stocks to to own and, and, and keep adding to.
0: I mean, what do you think would stop Twitter
1: from using Square for their payments? Uh, well, I, I think you see what they're doing, and, and I think it's it's very strategic in nature. But they've allowed uh, all digital wallets, you know, Venmo, PayPal, uh, Cash App. I think they have a few others as well. Bandcamp, I think, is the other one, and I I believe I'm missing one. But what, what does that do, right? So if Square and Twitter were to eventually get into, like, you know, an exclusive partnership or if they merge or whatever ends up happening, how valuable is that data across over 200 million daily active users on the platform? To have their digital wallets connected and see who does not use cash app and when you get when you get the seller side up right so twitter has never had a shop e-commerce feature and you look at you know Pin, Pinterest, uh pinterest phenomenal company i mean the bottom of the funnel is needed to be able to support your advertising especially on the performance side so that's never been there for twitter and when you start getting these sellers on the platform and it's global just think about how much the velocity of transactions is going to happen on Twitter. It's one of the biggest communication platforms in the world, right? So it's, it's going to happen and I think they're taking a very strategic approach to truly understand how they can eventually use data to be able to target uh, consumers to be able to offer a solution, whether it's undercutting the competition using the boost discounts, right? So tying back to the ecosystem, So if you have, you know, a square seller on Twitter and you have a consumer that uses Cash App, the consumer can get a further discount using Cash App to process that payment. And so I think they're going to eventually undercut the competition uh, if they have a lot of square sellers on the platform um, to be able to kind of indirectly benefit from that and also be able to target and kind of onboard new Cash App users and sellers. So I I'm super bullish on both companies it's you do due diligence i think you can kind of see where they're going and and i think that's my general thoughts and i think noah you you killed two points so great job
4: the other yeah and the the other quick point i'd like to make is that um crypto is it's like the number one topic on twitter so it just, if they can create this kind of ecosystem with maybe some kind of Bitcoin reward system, it, it will enable a lot of commerce.
1: Hey Noah, what what does Bitcoin, and I'm not, you know, I'm not the craziest crypto person out there, right? I own a, I own a small portion, but you know what Jack is doing, um, and what does that do? It quickens cross-border transaction times, it is a universal internet currency, right? Whether you like it or not. So what, what that does is how does that help them expand internationally? How does that help them when they have all these Twitter users in every country of the world, maybe outside of those that ban it? How does that in and of itself be able to help Square and Twitter penetrate internationally? I think it helps...
4: Yeah, and something just like a reward system, which they can offer would just, um, I think it would create a lot of commerce, especially through the Twitter platform. And we'll probably see Instagram, I think they're doing something similar with their shopping. So I think we're definitely going to be seeing a move in towards more social commerce.
0: Yeah, I'm actually pretty surprised that it took quite some time for Twitter to get into the social commerce uh, segment. Not surprised well, at
1: all. I, well, I mean, they've they've fucked up. Um, to be quite honest, uh, they've historically done a very shitty job of being able to support uh, users and be able to increase engagement on the platform. I think they made it very difficult for a user to actually support themselves, and they're actually paying users to actually you know take it off platform to other platforms such as Substack, YouTube, Spotify, all of the above. Um, but I think they have understood about, you know, two years ago, I think I saw a change. Um, they've completely rebuilt their architecture. And if anybody's ever gone through that as a business, it's shitty, right? I mean, it, it prevents you from making progress for years. Um, but you do it in the hopes that you're able to scale your business um, to be able to kind of break through what you've been able to break through, uh, you know, to date. And it allows you to kind of, you know, build out your AI and ML learning, uh, to be able to kind of, you know, better target, uh, from an advertising perspective. And so, you know, people give Twitter a lot of shit and it's, it's deserved, quite frankly. But if you look at what they're doing, you know, I think you're, you're starting to see the iteration, you know, taking place and they've been pretty quick to develop. And I think it's going to be a powerhouse along with Pinterest and, you know, all the other ones, I mean. Social commerce in the U.S. is so underpenetrated. You look at China. I think China has a couple trillion dollar TAM in social commerce. The U.S. is less than 40 billion, I I think, last numbers that I saw. So, I mean, both companies are going to be fantastic. I I think you, you look to own both.
0: Yeah, and both companies are going through sort of transformation right now. We've been talking about uh, Pinterest a lot last week on Spaces as well and how it's trying to uh, ramp up their uh, initiatives when it comes to the shopping side. And, uh, and of course, we got this news on, on Twitter, trying to get into the sh- shopping side as well. So you can see that uh, a lot of uh, companies are trying to get uh, a piece of this social commerce uh, segment. And it's staggering to me. <laughs> How far U.S. is behind when it comes to China? So I hope this uh, gap will be uh, getting smaller and smaller year over year. I think.
2: If it's uh, if it's all right, like just a uh, few more thoughts on this acquisition, uh, which the Twitter stuff is it's fascinating, and I'm very bullish on social commerce. Uh, like one, like I think this puts a firm in a really tough spot. I, I got to tell you, if if I was a shareholder of a firm, I, I would not like where a firm is right now. Because right now, uh, I think being a, a standalone buy now pay later player uh, is is not the best place. It, this is more and more we're seeing this more and more becoming a feature of more holistic digital wallets, if you will, uh, than standalone companies. And a firm seems like a a loser here. Number two, like I'm just getting a lot of. Uh, Comments on 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 my Twitter thread, like you know, and stuff like that. Like, what do you think the market's going to do tomorrow? Don't worry about it. Like you know, it, it, the Square could be up really big tomorrow, and, and that could and it's this could be a bad acquisition, and 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 Square could be down a lot tomorrow, and this could be a terrific acquisition. Don't 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 try to trade what you think you know wh- how Wall Street's going to react to the news. You know, don't worry about that. Look at the long term prospects. And decide whether you like that or not before making any decision and uh but you know i just i don't know i i i wouldn't want to be a firm right here
1: well uh, you know i might want to be their founder and ceo
3: to look for an yeah. acquisition
1: yeah i mean they're gonna get acquired so yeah, that's again. what i talked with max uh, yeah. that-
3: Shopify Ooh. might want to acquire effort because why why not probably super cheap now well maybe this week even cheaper
1: yeah no couch I, I think you're spot on it it was consolidation was gonna happen it's just this might have you know brought it forward a little bit
0: oh, hold on a second guys I just ha- had to um tune out for like 10 15 seconds so I missed uh, you're talking about the potential acquisition of Pinterest no, no firm oh, no, and,
1: and Shopify yeah oh okay gotcha yeah yeah Yeah, I think uh, you know this this kind of sets the stage for the consolidators to come in because again buy now pay later whether you like it or not Walmart Amazon Apple Facebook Google you can go on and on they were eventually with their cash position able to be able to support something like this whether indirectly or directly right so
0: Remind me, what is the market cap for a firm right now? Is it below $10 billion? It's about,
2: it's about 15
0: About $15. And uh, Shopify just raised $10 billion, right? Yeah, That's a good point, Max. Right. That's, a
1: good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, Max.
0: Yeah, plus, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Shopify already has uh, an investment in a firm right now. It's going to happen. So they already have... Yeah, so it just seems like... Uh, pretty logical move on their part Shopify,
2: well. If it wasn't Shopify, who would it be? Could Strike do it? I think Strike could do it too. Yeah, so, but- I mean,
1: at that, yeah, they've, they've been able to raise so much money they could do it for sure, but I, I think, yeah, it's interesting. You know, the more
0: we're talking about like Square and Shopify on all spaces, on Twitter, on FinTweet, like I see like what a huge competitors they're becoming? Like, there's a lot of overlap between these two companies, and they're literally try, trying to target the
1: same segments. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's uh, two amazing companies. Um, I think it's the battle for International between the two.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with you uh, that uh, International is definitely... Uh, uh, is a huge opportunities there and for a, a lot of us-based companies that's what they're trying to focus right now and either trying to uh, grow organically by trying to open offices and some other stuff or through merger and acquisitions and that's exactly what we're seeing right now this consolidation the space so pretty interesting to observe I, what's going to happen i think
1: if if you guys said a firm is 15 billion right now i might have to buy it tomorrow
0: that's uh not a bad quick swing
3: (laughs) and it's down seven percent last day i think friday so
1: so couch was it so you have in front of you i'm not i'm not by my computer but yeah so friday
3: a firm dropped 7.4 percent over the year it's down 42 percent so might not be such a, a a bad deal what's was it around like 60 bucks per share or now
0: it's like 56
3: or no? 56
1: yeah. So is the market cap hmm. 15 billion is that yeah
3: accurate? 14.93 billion so yeah 15 right there man
1: you have the does anybody know how many uh users a firm has Let's see. Uh, I, I don't without looking. Sure.
2: Hey, guys. My family's waiting for me for dinner, so I'm going to drop off. But thanks for having me, Max. Loved it. And uh, thanks for all your ta- thoughts, uh, Couch, Tim, Noah. Always appreciate your guys' opinions on this. You guys are really smart, and uh, I learned a lot from listening to you. But I'm going to go, guys. But thanks for having me, Max. Thanks, Thanks, man, you.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That was great. Thanks, man.
3: So a firm in February had 4.5 million users.
1: Okay. So that's, that's a lot less than Afterpay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Max, you might be right there with the 10 to 12 to 15 billion number.
0: I mean, it makes total sense for me uh, why Shopify would like to acquire them. And it, like I said, especially after this move that we see Square acquiring Afterpay, then uh, I'm not going to be surprised if that's exactly what's going to happen.
1: I mean, what else would they be doing with that shelf offering? I'm sure Couch and and Jess, I see on here, she might have some insights there.
3: No, I, I, I directly yeah, said uh, it's going to be a firm when I read it, I told it to, to Max. At first, I thought it was I was crazy, but now it makes makes sense. You're too smart, couch. <laughs> Thank you. It's the potato. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh crap! I just noticed that uh, my phone is at one percent right now. <laughs> so um, I wasn't really planning on hosting this uh, spaces. Uh, I've been talking to Tim about uh, doing our like uh, earnings digest as. Uh, as soon as um, Square reports Q2 earnings after their uh, earnings call, and uh, but then all of a sudden I hear this news uh, on Sunday afternoon, and just wanted to go ahead and host this emergency spaces, and the, that was uh, pretty interesting to digest everything with you guys. So I'm gonna go ahead and go as well. So if you guys would like to start um separate space as well, because I'm afraid my phone is gonna die in a second right now.
1: No, thanks, Max. I got so- I got a margarita to drink. So and I'll, it's I'll one it's one thirty
3: AM here, so I'm better go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Right, well, well always a pleasure chatting. Right, with have you guys. a good one Thank Thank you, everyone. All right.
1: Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.